What do you want out of life? What do you want for your legacy? After all, is it possible for your life to be significant? Hi, my name is Aris Lawless. Happy New Year and welcome to Sage Talk. In today's episode, Al Henson and Paul Lawler are wrapping up 2019 with a challenging discussion on living a life of significance. Now, this episode is full of wisdom, so you might want to grab a piece of paper and a pen to jot down some notes as we go along. Al and Paul have over 75 years of pastoring between them, and they've spent decades walking among the nations, ministering to the persecuted church and the least of these. Let's join them as they shepherd the hearts of faithful servants and Christian leaders in today's edition of Sage Talk. Al, good afternoon. It's great to see you today and uh, thankful to have this privilege for us to share together. It's been a great year. We're on the cusp of a brand new year. And so um, it's man. great to be here. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I'm always excited to uh, in my mind, Paul, as we're sitting here, I'm, I'm visioning those people that are listening, that mm-hmm. that man, that lady that's listening and mm-hmm. the opportunity. Thank you for listening an opportunity to perhaps uh, say something today or uh, that would encourage them or give them some advice or counsel or wisdom or revelation yeah. that would help them to move forward into their Christian life. It's just a, a, a beautiful thing. Today's uh, uh, topic is, is going to be uh, the, the idea of living a life unto significance. Mm-hmm. How do I live so that my life is, is, is significant? And uh, it's interesting in the Scriptures, Paul, that often— wisdom, and obviously if I live a life of significance, then I'm living in wisdom, that wisdom is tied into time and how we we use our time and how we value our time. For example, in Ephesians in chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, Paul is speaking, and he says, see then that you walk circumspectly, which means to walk with intentionality, uh, to walk with a focused uh, uh, purpose. But don't walk intentionally as a fool, he says, Yes. but rather to walk as one who's wise. Uh, so it says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as a fool, but as one that is wise. And a fool is defined as, uh, in, the, in the book of Proverbs, defined as someone who lives as if there is no God. Uh, foolishness is living as if there is no God. And for one to live in wisdom is to live uh, and use their time and value it in, in such a way that there is a God. And so if there is a God and he's infinitely wise and he's created us, then what does he value and what should we value also? So the next verse says, if you walk in wisdom, you will redeem. You'll redeem the time. You know, as you share that, Al, um, that reminds me of another verse, Psalm 90, verse 12, that says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And so let's ponder that just for a moment. First of all, that God would instruct us, be mindful that you only have a certain number Mm. of days and allow wisdom to be derived from that reality. And and as we think about that a bit, you know, uh, James reminds us that life is a vapor. Mm. Um, I just am mindful, even right now, Mm -hmm. the seconds Mm-hmm. are ticking away. Exactly. And we only have so much time to really live a life of significance. And we really don't know how much time that we have. That's right. Only only the Lord knows. Uh, mm-hmm. 
our days and how much they are. And and actually, I think as we think about time, uh, when I think of time, I also think of money. Mm-hmm. And I think of talent. And the reason why I do is because uh, if 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 you if you make twenty five dollars an hour, then to twenty five dollars represents an hour of your life. Yes, because you worked and and did a job for for twenty five hours. I once had a man that he said he he gave a significant gift uh, to uh, to our mission at Compassion and Hope. And I said, thank you. I said, this this is significant. He said, oh, it's nothing. It's you. You're the one who's giving your time and pouring your life out and sacrificing it for the Lord. And I said, no, wait a minute. Yeah. I said, this gift, based on what I would know about you, represents 100 hours of your time. Mm-hmm. You worked 100 hours to be able to give this gift mm-hmm. to the least of these. And so don't think this is small. You gave, uh, if you take 24 hours a day, this, this man just, just gave five days or four and, four and a half days mm-hmm. of his life mm-hmm. uh, to, to the least of these and, and, and into eternity. So time is money, <clears throat> and money is time, and to, uh, to live in wisdom is to, is to use your time wisely, which then, then Paul, I think, leads us to what I think is the fundamental foundation question. What do we actually value? And if we looked at our time and how we use it, it would demonstrate to us what we actually truly value. That that is a great uh, thought. You know, I, I I remember once kind of having an, an awakening mm. uh, just in terms of how the culture can affect us, and 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 certainly affected my own has affected my own life uh but uh as you know both of us spend lots of time in different areas of the world and um i was hosting a guest who is a pastor out of asia and it was his first trip to america and once he got through jet lag uh he was staying uh, down in our missionary suite and uh we offered him the opportunity to go do some sightseeing i said uh, Which, and, if he was the typical American, that's what you would be thinking he wants to do. Right there. <laughs> absolutely. So we got through his jet lag, and so we, Missy and I, were like, would you like to go to a museum? Would you like to see our zoo? Would you? And there were a couple other things we mentioned, and he took all that in very graciously and took some time to think about it. And he, he looked up and said to us, he says, uh, Pastor Paul, um, do you have um, a homeless shelter? Mm. <laughs> And um, uh, this particular pastor out of Asia had been set free from heroin addiction. Uh, a group of Christians had prayed for him there, and uh, he actually was set free before he came to Christ, and he wanted to know more about Jesus. And so we ended up, rather than going sightseeing, we went to the homeless shelter. And Al, while we were there, we prayed with a lot of, of uh, men who were broken, as we all can imagine. And as we ministered among the least of these, there happened to be a young man there that also was addicted to heroin. And uh, this pastor from Asia laid hands on him and prayed. And uh, I know our listeners are aware that stories like this aren't necessarily common. Mm -hmm. I want to validate that. But there are times where God moves outside our box. Mm -hmm. And uh, we watched God set a young man free from years of heroin addiction 
Uh, our teams continued to go there. That was verified. And I, I'm, I'm mindful that here this pastor is serving in a culture outside the West, and even when he's traveling, his heart mm. is set on living a life that's significant mm-hmm. and making his days count. Uh, we're all aware that one thing is certain for all of us, and I don't mean anything morbid by this when I say it, but but it's true. We all have a certain impending definite mm-hmm. death ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Now, that can sound very morbid, I know. But but what I, I, I'm citing is just the reality that we all have a limited amount of time, which is why the psalmist says, teach us, O Lord, to number our days that we would gain perspective, we would gain a heart of wisdom hmm. in the reality that our time here to make a difference is limited. Paul, I have had the opportunity to, to sit with um, some men and women who have been in in the world's uh, eyes, uh, quite successful uh, leaders of corporations and um, leaders of businesses and uh, even successful uh, sports people, athletics. And in setting with them, have conversations have turned a bit uh, to some honesty, some heart honesty. And they have said to me, uh, with all of this, I still feel empty. Or sometimes they'll say, in all of this, I still feel unfulfilled. Or they've, I've heard them say, I can't actually say that I know what joy really is or that I'm really happy. And what I've learned in life is success doesn't necessarily bring happiness. And again, I don't want anyone listening to think that God is opposed to, to financial success or to positional success or even to success and people knowing who you are or who you're not. But the point is, is that those things don't make one significant. Um, and uh, just to those that are listening in, because we have so many listening that want to grow, I'd like to just make a point here that in Christ, you are significant. Mm-hmm. In him, you have become a son of God, a daughter of God, and you can be at rest. You no longer have to continue to search for significance, but only in those times of intimacy with Christ do you experience the emotions and the feelings of of having a sense, a great sense of worth and value, especially to your creator. But back back now with that, that thought, back to these these men or women that I'm sitting with, and sometimes I'll look at them, Paul, and I'll say, I believe that God wants me to say to you that God has brought us together today because God wants to move you from success to significance. And then invariably they'll agree, it seems, and say, okay, how do I do so? And I talk then about this matter of living in wisdom and matter of what do you value. And if you value if you begin to consider what do I value, then you have to value what God values because he's infinitely wise. And if you value what God values, you value people. That's good. And if you want to ask the question, Paul, how much does God value people go to the cross? That's right. 
a, one person was worth enough to God mm. that he sent his only son to mm. die for him and bear his sins on the cross. Yeah. And if this, if this is what God values, if we're going to live a life of significance mm. and love is moving us, then we're asking the question, how do I uh, give my life away to my my husband? How do I give my life away to my wife? Yes. How do I serve the children that God's given? How do I serve my family? How do I serve those that I work with in the marketplace? Uh, how do I serve my neighbor across the street? How do I make time to serve and care for the, the nations mm-hmm. and, and the least of these? When you love... When you love, you value God mm-hmm. and God's purposes, and you value God's creation, which is people. Mm-hmm. And then you begin to pour your life into them or God's life in you, through you, into mm-hmm. them. And when you do, you begin to bear fruit, yes. and you uh, have a sense of now. Now my life is mm-hmm. making a difference. That's so good. You know, Al, th- this is uh, personal opinion but, but I believe that the second most important issue of our life is fruit-bearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the most important is our salvation. Mm-hmm. But, but after coming to know Jesus, it, it's bearing fruit. It is fulfilling the desired will of God in the way, just as you articulated, how I relate to my husband or wife, how I relate to my children, how I relate to the least of these, how I relate in living a life of significance and, in Christ. And bearing fruit is can be observed in what kind of fruit am I actually bearing in my relationships. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe the kingdom is a living organism. It's a spiritual yeah. living organism. Mm-hmm. And so the kingdom is all about relationships. Mm-hmm. And Christ has come to reconcile us to God mm-hmm. and to reconcile us to each other. And the gospel has the power to do that yes. through forgiveness and mercy and grace. Mm. And as we're reconciled to God and to one another, mm. then we're able to bear fruit of love and into other people's lives and share with them the power of the gospel, and we see their, their, their lives being, being changed. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, you know, when, when we share around this topic and we're mindful of a life of fruit bearing, uh, one of the I know we sh- address some of this in one of our other broadcasts, and that is this relationship between abiding in Christ, in prayer, in the Word of God. But it, but it doesn't stop there. It's also in living it out, mm-hmm. in joining Jesus, in in how we relate to people, how we minister to the least of these. There's a. a brother and sister. I, I'm going to be careful here, so I'm not even going to give a location, but. God has really blessed them, both spiritually uh, and financially, physically. I, I had great, I have great admiration for them, even spiritually. And um, I walked into their lives about eight or seven or eight years ago and began to have conversations like this. And every time I'd go back, they, they'd want to talk to me, and I could tell there was still an unfulfilledness in their life. And even and, and these were generous, giving people. But I went back recently, and I walked in, and I knew something was different. And so I just started asking questions, and I found out that the the, the wife had went out into the community and began to work in the community, and there was an international community there. 
and she had come across four teenagers uh, that are of an Arab background that could not uh, weren't weren't making it in the schools because they didn't know English, and so she stepped out of her comfort zone, and she invited. Uh, these four teenagers, she went and met with their families and said, I will begin to homeschool you. Now, here's what happened, Paul. She stepped into that, and everyone around her was in shock. You, you, don't, you don't have time for this. You, uh, that, that, this is a lot of your life to, to give uh, you know, five days a week, four or five hours a day to, to these four kids that you've never met. Mm-hmm. And so she she just began to do so, and she she realized soon that she had given she really had taken on more than she wanted to, and she wasn't sure how to do this. She was sharing that with a friend. The friend said, "I'll help you." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm showing up now four or five months later, and there's a team of four or five or six that are working together, pouring into the life of these four, and now they're because they're making such a difference, their parents are watching this, and now the four have come to Christ, and some of, these, some of this Muslim community is beginning to watch this, and now instead of the four or five involved, wow. there are dozens involved, mm-hmm. and the kingdom of God is growing and yes. expanding. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it, it took her, and, and, and I looked at her, and I said, "You finally, you got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so good. You got it. You mm-hmm. see it now. And she yes. looked back in tears, and she said, she said, Brother Al, I can't tell you how how happy I am Mm -hmm. and how fulfilled I am Mm. because what she was doing now, she had begun to value Mm. her time yes, and value what God valued and thought my, you know, 25 hours a week, uh, these four are worth it. And God had a bigger, a bigger than just the four. It's not only those four, but now those that are gathering around her, as you can see, and and the impact they're beginning to open the doors into this community. And who knows, in the next ten or fifteen years, when one life is touched, you know how it, it, it's it's like a river that starts flowing, that ever widening until it spills out into eternity. You know, one of the things that that story illustrates that, and the point that you just made, people matter. That just that's a huge understatement. Right. That they matter to God, therefore they matter to us. And again, Again, as you say that, don't lose your thought, Paul. But when you say that, again, people understand that one soul mattered so much to God that he sent his only son to die for them. And so why wouldn't God ask us Mm -hmm. to invest our lives into the lives of others? Well, that's so well said, and and it ties in to what the, the really the question I was going to pose for the sake of uh, just responding to our our listeners as they may be thinking, and that is, how do we define what is significant? And really, it ties in to what you just stated mm-hmm. that that Jesus has demonstrated that the heart of the Father has demonstrated that that people matter. Mm. Yes, and uh, as you're listening, uh, my first encouragement to you is. Uh, to abide in Christ, to ask God to teach you that you might learn how to to live in the Spirit, because in so doing you'll begin to have the thoughts of God and the heart of God and the fruit. The fruit bearing is not only uh, fruits of people, but it's also the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, you, you bear love, and love begins to move mm-hmm. you. And as love begins to move you, then ask the question, God, where do you want me to invest my time? Into what people do you want me to invest my time in? And also, 
because time is money and money is time. How do you want me to invest uh, the monies that you put into my hand and steward those in such a way that uh, uh, they actually make a difference in, mm-hmm. in people's in people's lives. And uh, as we're coming toward the year end here, the end of this year, I would like to uh, uh, humbly uh, suggest that people may want to consider Compassion and Hope Foundation as a means by which they could uh, invest some of their funding as they're, they're thinking about giving to the end of the year. Uh, I, I, Paul, we bear this burden. Uh, God's given us 43 homes of hope, 800-plus rescued ones, and some of these are uh, OSEC children, online sexually exploited children, children who have been uh, sexually abused. Uh, some have been sold, labor trafficked, sex trafficked, uh, child brides. It's just, uh, it's, they're beautiful mm. creatures mm. that sin was trying to destroy. And now through the compassion, uh, hope, and the, and the nationals that work with, they've been rescued. They've been given a home. Food, shelter, clothing, education, and a plan, a spiritual and educational and character development plan that's, that, that, that one day they will rise up out of all of this and, and not only be blessed ones and self-sustainable ones, but they will be able to bless others. And, and the burden every day, uh, God, give us the monies. These are your sons and your daughters. Give us the finances that are needed to care for these in in wisdom. And perhaps someone listening in might, as they're coming to the area, and a lot of people think about your giving, would consider, preferably consider Compassion and Hope Foundation as a wise stewardship of their funding. Al, because I, too, have had the privilege of meeting many of these children, um, you know, I, I can't think of a better way in this hour uh, to make a difference, to to bear fruit um, among the least of these, and and to also make great impact um, in lives that are uh, ripe for investing mm-hmm. in. And I, I I'm I'm mindful. You know, someone might ask how how could I do that? How how could I follow up and 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 make a difference? Maybe give a gift and and so. I'm aware that uh, people can go to CompassionateHope.org uh, for more information as well as SageTalkPodcast.com uh, to get more information. And, you know, $60, $65 will underwrite a, a, a child for an entire month. And, Paul, I'm going to embarrass you just a moment, but you and your brother and your family, uh, after a visit over and saw some of these kids, you came back and you decided that you wanted to – your mother had gone to be with Jesus – and you wanted to build a home uh, in honor of her. And, uh, you know, someone listening in might like to build a home or they might like to help in a significant way to build a multipurpose building or to help buy some land for a new home of hope uh, to do something more significant. And we're here. Call us um, and uh, connect with us through uh, through an email, and then we can have a phone conversation and God may be touching someone's heart. The most significant way in which God is doing this is moving on an individual's heart, and they themselves are teaming up with others, are putting together a group of people, and they're underwriting, sponsoring an entire home of hope on a monthly basis. So there's, there's many ways 
to get hands in, heart in, feet in to the least of these on the other side of the world. And and I believe it is a wise stewardship and investment. A beautiful way to bear fruit. Mm. It really is. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Make our lives count. Be circumspect, as uh, that passage in Ephesians uh, Mm. cited so beautifully. And I think as we come to an end today, uh, just um, sort of the takeaway is wisdom values what God values. Mm. And then secondly, when we value what God values, then it's demonstrated in how we use our time. Yes. And how we invest our time and what people really need is you. Mm. They need us. Uh, They need someone to step into their lives and invite Mm. them like this lady. She stepped into the lives of these four kids and then invited them into her life. So what do we value? What we value, we put time into. And then thirdly, time is money and money is time. And when you invest money as a wise steward, Mm -hmm. you're wisely in giving your time Mm -hmm. into God's eternal purposes and plans. Amen. So well said. Al, would you close us in prayer today, praying for these uh, that are both listening as well as these precious children? Father, we thank you that um, you've set your love upon us and nothing can separate us from the love of God. And our prayer today to each man, each woman that's listening in, that you know them, you see them, and we pray you'd meet them at their point of need. Uh, Lord, I'm always aware that maybe someone is listening that needs the healing of God, that needs the guidance of God, that needs the counsel of God, that needs the wisdom of God. And we pray that that would be brought into their lives by your grace. And we do pray, Father, that you would uh, touch hearts, for you want to meet the needs of the least of these around the world Uh, through the hearts and lives and giving of your people. And so we pray that you would touch hearts. Uh, Lord, there is no I in in your work. There's an us. And I pray someone listening in might become one of those us's, one of those we's that join hands with us to reach unto the least of these in Southeast Asia. In Jesus' name. As we close 2019, I'd like to encourage you to spend time in prayer and also write down how you spend the bulk of your time and money. Building a legacy of significance doesn't start in five years or 10 years. You are building your legacy today and everything you spend, whether it is time or money, is an investment. So are you investing in God's kingdom or in yourself? We'd love to hear how this episode of Sage Talk impacted you, so send us an email at info at sagetalkpodcast.com. We welcome your questions and thoughts. Next week, we're taking a week off, but we'll be back on January 7th with an extra special episode as Al shares how his 45 years in ministry began with a journey through brokenness. You don't want to miss it. Have a wonderful new year and come back soon and join us on Sage Talk for another time of spiritual shepherding, heart to heart and life to life.